0: Hey there, you're listening to the Saving You is Killing Me podcast hosted by me, Andrea Seidel. I'm the author and founder of Saving You is Killing Me, Loving Someone with an Addiction. This podcast is for you if you're ready to find a way to struggle well, take back your power and live life happier while you're navigating loving or losing someone to addiction. I wholeheartedly believe that when you love someone with an addiction, your life gets damaged in some way. Since we can't control someone else's addiction, but we are greatly affected by it, the number one thing you can do is take back your power and focus on you. I believe happiness, joy, and well-being is available to anyone. So the thoughts and perspectives I share here on the show are my own and those of the guests on the show. If you ever hear anything that feels harmful or triggering, I'm pre-apologizing and I'm open to being better and value feeling feedback, and the permission to be human. That said, always take what you love, what feels good, and leave the rest. The conversations and tools I'll share here will give you everything you need to figure out exactly how to navigate addiction, put yourself first, and how to build resilience for your well-being in a way that feels really, really good. I use these tools to take back the power in my life, to build my strength back up and restore peace. And I teach my clients how to create their own version of a life where they can tap into their power and restore their happiness. My goal is for you to listen and leave saying, why is this the only family or spouse support system that doesn't make you feel like you're the problem? And it feels so energizing, empowering, and uplifting thinking that you're not going crazy after all. I am here for you. Finally, please know you are not alone and you are worthy of prioritizing your well-being. So let's jump into the show. Hey there, Andrea here. I hope you're doing as good as can be. Now, I'm so excited because I stole from my other podcast. So I don't know if you know, I have another podcast and it is called Live Life Happy. And basically what it is, is it's a whole bunch of book summaries because I'm book obsessed. I have a publishing company. I am a book doula. I help people painlessly give birth to books. And I just thought, you know what, this book that I highlighted on my other podcast, It is so good, and it's called The Power of Regret, so I thought it is going to serve us so well in the SYKM community, so I thought I would just bring it over here and put it into this episode today. I do that occasionally, you'll notice, but I just thought that this is a great one because there is so much power in regret, and... I gotta say, when I was in the muck of loving someone with an addiction, I, and when I got out of it, it's almost like I had some regret as to like meeting him, or I kept thinking if only he would stop doing drugs, then, you know, our life would be like amazing right now and kind of like things like that. So this book is so good because it really does address on using regret to our advantage. So I'm not going to give it away, but I just wanted to give you a little heads up um, of what this episode is and why it might feel a little bit different. And it's basically a book highlight. It's so awesome. And I hope it helps you in so many ways. Okay, sending hugs. Hey there, Andrea Seidel here. I am so excited to be back. So if you're listening to this on the Live Life Happy podcast, it's been a while. I haven't been here in the podcast world. I think that COVID really had this thing where I kind of stepped a little bit away from a few things and just kind of prioritized Uh, things in my life. And I have to say that I missed it. I didn't stop reading. I have to say I have a whole reservoir of books that um, I have highlighted. So I am back in action. So I plan to come on here and do our wonderful book summaries, pull out all the actionable nuggets, all the positive psychology so that you can put the practice or you can put that knowledge into practice right away. So I always say that if something sparks your interest to support the author and purchase the book because let's face it, I know first him as a, an author and helping so many other people write their books, how much love, attention, expertise, knowledge, and experience and time and energy go into writing these books. So please, 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 if something sparks your interest, please support the author and purchase the book. Of course, this is just me like taking this books, these amazing books that I've read and pulling out some of the actionable nuggets, but there's so much more in these books. I mean, what can we pull out in about 20 minutes? You know, obviously there's so much more in these books. So today I highlighted such a great book. It is called the power of regret, how looking backwards moves us forward. And it's by Daniel Pink, such a good book. So many amazing nuggets in here. So let's, let's jump right in. So have you ever regretted something? (laughs) I know I have. Have you ever had that disappointment where you're like, Oh my gosh, if only it went this way, or if only I did this, then this would happen. Or perhaps maybe you feel, you know, regret for not traveling more when you're younger, or maybe you saw someone from across the room and you're like, Hey, that." person is super cute and you didn't approach them or you didn't ask them for their number. So it's things like this. It happens, right? You might feel that sense of disappointment in your life. Where have you been disappointed in your life, right? Where have you wished that you had made different choices or that things are a little bit different? So do you have regret? That's the bottom line here. Regret is a feeling and it's actually a feeling and it's a real reaction to disappointment in events or in trauma or in challenge it is basically that feeling or that reaction of being disappointed, right? Maybe it was a choice that you made that you that can't be changed, or maybe it's something that you said that you can't take back. Um, maybe you feel, you know, some of these feelings that you just can't shake it. It might feel heavy. It might be that negative emotion of regret it might be there, you know, minutes and days after, or even in a lifetime. So this idea of regret is... So powerful because in the book, The Power of Regret, Daniel Pink really does change our typical, you know, we're in our society, we're always like have no regrets, right? It changes that worldview that we don't want to have regrets, that we don't want to have that emotion of regret. But I have to say, he shakes this on our heads. So he draws from human psychology. You know I'm obsessed with positive psychology and psychology and the science behind all these amazing tools and strategies. So he shares actually actionable steps for transforming the emotion of regret into action. He teaches us how we can use past disappointment to shape a purposeful future. So this is so powerful, right? This is what we need because if all of us are going to experience regret at some point, well, then we want to know how to navigate it. So I want you to just take a moment and think about regret or any area in your life where you have disappointment or have had disappointment or maybe you have regret And just take a moment to maybe write it down, maybe hit pause here so you can write down any of those moments. Just take a couple minutes to really think about it because you're going to love taking and walking through your regrets through all his suggestions that he has in this book. Um, And so, you know, sometimes we even have regret that's related to trauma. Like if only I went down that street or in my situation, if only I didn't, you know, fall in love with someone who is an addict, you know, or like it could be anything like that, right? So if only, sometimes you catch yourself saying that if only. So thinking about where you have some regret, where you maybe are um, feeling the heaviness of that emotion or just disappointment in your life. So the bottom line is that we shouldn't stigmatize regret that we should actually embrace it that's what we're about to learn so regret is is basically something that has existed in all of us. And there is power and we can actually harness regret. There is some power in regret. So let's jump in. Let's, you know, figure out how can we embrace regret, right? So one thing that I love that he said in his book that I just want to jump right to, he says, there is a difference between unproductive regret, and productive regret. And so unproductive regret kind of paralyzes us and makes us feel stuck in the negative emotion of regret. But then there's also this productive regret, which actually acts as a catalyst for positive change in our life. And the bottom line is, we get to choose. It's entirely up to us. So that's what this book is all about. We're going to go into that. So basically one thing that he talked about in his book too, is this idea that regret changes our lives for the better. So I want you to think about time where you did feel regret and how that regret actually made your life absolutely better. So, um, I mean, if you think about any situation in my life is like, I sometimes have moments of regretting being with someone who has an active addiction and kind of staying in it as long as I did. But I needed to go through that process and I needed to stay there in order to really feel and notice um, and see, I'm already working with my regret. But anyway, so regret it's there for a reason. And it actually can propel us to make positive changes in your life. So right now, I, because of that regret, I literally will not be with someone who does not have good self-regulation. I will be on high uh, alert in the future of anyone I go out on dates with anyone that I am with has to fall in that category. So I've learned From regret, I really turned it into making my life better and hiring my standards of who it is that I'm with, that I'm dating with, that I'm partnering with. And so you can too. So the bottom line message here is that regret can change our lives for the better. So we didn't have regret, or if we just sweep things under the carpet, or we just wallow in the regret, we may not have the learning opportunities that can actually make our lives better. So one example he talked about in his book, it was a cute example about Alfred Noble, he woke up one morning and the newspaper basically said that he died and they they slaughtered him. They like basically said, you know, the merchant of death is dead and um, that it actually wasn't him that died. It was his brother, but they made a mistake. So he was able to read his obituary and he was like dumbfounded. He was like, oh my gosh. So then he had so much regret. He had that a human emotion of, oh my gosh, like being overcome by this feeling of regret that if that's how his life was lived and that's the legacy he's leaving, then he had that moment of regret. But he confronted his regret head on, and he transformed it into something really meaningful. So what he did is he used this regret as a catalyst for change. And that's the message here is that we can use regret as a catalyst for change to make our lives better. And his life has ne- was never the same the moment after that. So what he did is eight years later, he actually did pass away but he created a legacy because he basically donated his fortune to create the now famous series of prizes that award people who are doing amazing things in this world, that are, you know, the people who are the greatest benefits on man, uh, for mankind. He created the Nobel Prizes. So the Nobel Peace Prize and all of that. So he suddenly changed his you you know, he turned his regret into a catalyst for positive change. So how can regret or how has regret helped you in the past have a better future now? And then how can we use regret that we're feeling in this moment to help us be a catalyst for positive change? Don't you love that message? I absolutely love that message. The other key takeaway here in his book is this idea that we are humans, as humans, we're kind of swept away by regret. We are, uh, our brains are wired to be storytellers. And um, how he put it in his book is that humans are time traveling storytellers. And I love that definition. And so because we are humans, we are wired to make stories of something. So we think counterfactually um, is basically we think about how things could have gone and we make this whole story like if only I did this or if only I'd done something else, this would happen. So our our brains basically do that we create this counterfactual imagination and storytelling and this process is called counterfactual thinking like it's actually we create we invent an alternative we revisit the past and we invent a new narrative or an alternative like if only this happened or if only he got sober or if only and we go down that path so The key message here is that by punishing yourself with these if-onlys, it's literally like you're tormenting yourself. So when you're staying in the if-only-this-happened or if-only-that-happened, if-only-I-had-done-this-differently, what it does is it makes us sit in that regret, and that emotion of regret, and keeps us stuck. And so it's counterproductive. So this idea here is you can find them really easy by looking, do you have any, if only statements, or do you go down that narrative, like making a new story for yourself? Right. So this is, this is, you know, it's, it's common and you're human. We all do it. So if only this happened, or if only, you know, I did this differently. So these, if only statements, the message here in his book is that they're tormenting you they're holding you back right it's counterfactual thinking it's not going to help you if anything it makes you wallow in that feeling that doesn't feel good so that is amazing just to know that that we usually get swept away by regret because we stay in that we stay in tormenting ourselves we stay in that story if only if only and we don't use um, regret in a positive, productive way. We use it in an unproductive way when we're in that 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 kind of pattern. Okay. Another key takeaway in his book is this idea of regret is actually a useful emotion. Now all emotions are useful, but the way he described it in his book was so good. He basically said that negative emotions like regret are essential, essential for our human growth. So this negative emotion of regret, if we didn't have it, we'd be denying ourselves of amazing growth opportunities or learning. And so regret is a wonderful negative emotion that Actually, has a positive spin, and so if we were to not look at regret or not look at negative emotions, it can be actually even dangerous. And the way he described in his book was that we have what's called almost like emotional stocks, and just like when you invest in the stock market, you're told to have a a big diversity, uh, spread your assets uh, across your portfolio, and that's what he's saying too with our emotions. It's so important for us to have a whole gamut of emotions. It's not like putting on a smile and being happy all the time because like a happyology is like that's impossible. We need to have the whole gamut of emotions because emotions actually are communicating things to us. It's steering us in the right direction. So think about it, right? Some of the positive emotions are love and joy and awe, and we get attracted to doing more of those things. Other emotions are considered a little bit more negative, like sadness or fear or regret. And so, but without question, we want to make sure that these positive emotions that we have, we they outnumber the negative emotions because we'll feel good and that's a healthy portfolio. But those negative emotions are really, really essential for our well-being because they help us. They, if we have fear, for example, it's going to shield us from threats. If, you know, there's some like a burning building or a car about to come our way, right? Like that fear actually keeps us safe. Or if you think you taste something and it's disgusting, that's preventing you maybe from consuming something super toxic. So there's a place for all these emotions, right? And it's important for us to recognize just like the emotion regret, regret is so essential for us to learn from, to grow from, and to achieve our full potential. So it's actually regret is something that we can use as a really productive way to make a better future for ourselves. So just like his book is like, how do we look? backwards to move ourselves forward and that is looking at that useful emotion of of regret. So how can you use regret to be useful in your life, right? So now let's look at that. Let's really investigate and this is what I loved about his book is that he basically teaches us how to transform regret into a positive catalyst. So how do we do that? We're going to walk through those steps. So if you have your what you wrote down, what your your regrets are right now, walk them through these these three steps that he talks about and see how it helps you and you can use these three steps to actually help you in the future. So you can find the power in regret. So the first step uh, that he talks about in his book is this idea of step one is to undo it. So if you have the possibility of undoing what has happened that you have regret about, then that is a great thing that you can do. So perhaps maybe you said something mean-spirited to your significant other, or maybe you know you you um, acted in a way that you wish that you acted differently, or maybe you lost a friend um, that you haven't reached out to in a long time. Well, it's never too late. It's never too late to undo the hurtful action. It's never too late to reach out and reconnect with a friend. So the first step is, if possible to try and undo it so that we don't have that regret so that we, that let the regret be a message that, okay, there's something I need to undo here. I regret doing it that way. Let me see if I can undo it. That's step number one. So another step is to look at the at least, like at least the it brought me this, or at least that opportunity allowed me to write a book that's going to help so many people, or at least um, I learned so much from that relationship, or whatever it is for you, right? So maybe... Maybe you attended medical school, and um, but you you didn't you regretted attending medical school, but then you met the love of your life there. now you have a whole family with her, and this and that, whatever it is. So this idea is is that there has to be some good in it, right? If there's been no bad. It's basically you have what you've missed out on isn't all bad. So we want to look at at least, at least this is going on, or at least I got to do this, or at least I experienced what it's like to be at grad school, or at least, you know, so you can see the power in at least. So walk your regrets through at least, and then it helps to feel kind of good about it. It brings about a positive emotion. So the first step is if you can undo undo. The second step is take it through that thing about at least like analyzing your regrets and change the perspective that can breed more appreciation for the regret. It can breed more appreciation for the situation. It kind of helps give more objectivity to some bad experiences. And it gives you almost like a newfound perspective and purpose and just feels good, right? It feels like you can make more meaning of the situation and that understanding like, okay, like I regret that this happened, but at least blah, 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 blah. And you fill in the blank. And then it kind of gives a new perspective. It actually gives meaning to what happened in that situation or challenge. So I love that step. So the final step, this is probably one of the most important ones. And it's probably the one that we get out of really quickly um, is this idea of analyzing and strategizing. So step three is this idea that we want to look at these these opportunities that can promote growth. So since this is all about looking, okay, like what is it that I can learn from this, right? During this step, you're looking for what lessons can I learn from my regret? It's not necessarily the situation, it's the regret. You're looking at the feeling of regret that you have and you're, the emotion regret. It's like what is the lesson in this regret? So what is it that I can learn from this, right? And so recognizing poor choices can actually propel us towards a more productive, meaningful uh, future that, you know, is more aligned with what it is. Our values are more aligned with who we are. So if we look at the regret and we think, what are the lessons that we can learn from this regret? And just recognizing when maybe we've made choices that are out of line, this can really propel us towards, you can tell, right? Move us like, we're analyzing it. We're really looking at, like, okay, well, where's this regret coming from? Uh, hmm. Okay, maybe I want to change, like, change this, or what can I learn from this? Is how do I want to move forward? I know this is a lot, but so powerful, right? And so much goodness in this learning. So instead of beating yourself up over the past or beating yourself up and, and staying in the regret as counterproductive, this idea of, staying in disappointment and distress is paralyzing. Whereas if we can see, Hmm, analyze and strategize on the other side of the coin. It's like, hmm, it's so much more productive. It's like moving forward, I'm going to do this, or moving forward, I will only date or be with people who have good self-regulation and that I can feel safe with. It's almost like moving forward. It's like, what can I learn? What is the regret? What are the lessons I learned in this regret? And then how am I going to move forward? I'm claiming it. It's like making a declaration. So I love the way he put it in his book. It's almost like statement of moving forward. I'm going to dot, dot, dot. You fill in the blank. So you can see how analyzing and strategizing for a better future for yourself is so powerful just from the regret. There's so much power in regret. So I'm curious, how can you start strategizing ways to mobilize your regret for a better future outcome for yourself? How are you going to do that? So walk yourself through that, right? It's like, see if you can undo it first and then add the at least. So there's some appreciation for the regret. And then also analyze and strategize. So that's pretty much it for this book. There's a big difference between unproductive regret and productive regret. So while unproductive regret kind of paralyzes us and torments us and causes distress, productive regret feels better. It's a catalyst for positive changes for the future. It helps us so that we have, you know, a better opportunity for ourselves in the future, right? Like, so the next time you feel this sense of regret, just pause and ask yourself. Hmm, what can I learn from this? Or how can you use that regret as a catalyst for a better life for yourself or better choices in the future? And just remember that regret in and of itself is not a bad thing. It's actually a good thing. It's actually potential for a really nice, positive change in our lives. So that is about it. And one of the fun taglines from his book is invest in regret and you won't regret it. <laughs> so here we go. And the other thing is oh, a, a fun exercise too, just before we go, is pay attention to your goals. So when you are goal setting, or maybe you're setting New Year's resolutions, or you're like setting something up, one of the suggestions is to use past regrets to help you make new goals. And that shows you the power of it, right? So if you think about list your biggest regrets, maybe from last year, maybe from the month ago, and then use that to help you formulate your new goals or the way you want to be and show up. So powerful. This way, your regrets will be reframed and you will have a catalyst for change. So that's it, everybody. I hope you got a lot out of this. Such a good book, The Power of Regret, How Looking Backwards, Moves Us Forward by Daniel Pink. Thanks, everybody. and I hope you have a wonderful week. Thank you for listening. If you want additional support, you can head on over to our website at savingyouiskillingme.com, where we have a wonderful, supportive, compassionate community. We are here for you. You are not alone. We also have a private Facebook group and Instagram feed called Saving You Is Killing Me, Loving Someone With An Addiction. Be sure to subscribe here so you get the latest episodes. And, of course, share this with your community and your support groups or anyone that's going through this struggle so we can all work together to take our lives back and restore joy. Thank you so much for joining me, not only today, but week after week. Although I wish we were meeting under different circumstances, I'm so grateful that I get to show up for you and share these episodes so that we can go on this journey together. Until next week, sending hugs.